Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. It's time, once again, to join your hosts Q and J in the writer's room for an other stuff, too, discussion you'll definitely agree with. High Five, the podcast, is not responsible for your agreement or disagreement with our discussions, but if you don't agree with us, you're wrong. Now, on with the show. Do, do, all right, and we're in the writer's room, and we're gonna record a podcast. Not just any kind of podcast, this is another Stuff 2 episode. It is! So is I didn't it? have to put a list together or nothing. I made you put that list together for absolutely no reason. Shit! Just to say, hey, you got that list? Yeah. We're not gonna Throw need it! it. <laughs> Throw it away! That was the test! Rip up the book! Rip it up! <laughs> You're all free now. Just live your lives. That was your exam. You questioned the status quo. And you passed. Yeah. Not really, because you listened to me unquestioning and did what I asked. Well, if you read my list, it was just fuck you, Q, like five (laughs) times in a row. Before you ripped it up, you would have seen that. Amazing. That sounds horrific. It was horrific, but also very jolly. It is very jolly. Kind of like this other stuff too episode. What? Yeah. Shock and <laughs> awe is correct because we're talking Christmas horror movies. Oh, the best kind of Christmas movie. So uh, I say we fucking uh, pack a, a bag full of toys that are actually filled with bricks and razor blades. Right. And we high five and get into this shit. Let's shimmy down that naughty chimney. Ooh, that sounds gross. <laughs> Moody and stuff. Christmas stuff. I love your stuff. Weird stuff. Sensitive stuff. Taxing stuff. Evil stuff. Piggling little stuff. Heavy stuff. Big boy stuff. Super cool stuff you wouldn't understand. You're telling me that you've never done the naughty chip. I can honestly say I have never once in my just plethora of sexcapades participated in a naughty chimney. Well, let me explain to you what a naughty chimney Please. is. Please. A naughty chimney is where you're turned upside down. Uh-huh. And whichever partner you want is turned upside down. Sure. And then you sing jingle bells while you have utmost respect for the person that you're with. Wow. Yeah. That's, so actually... You see how that turned right at the end? I did. I was going to go somewhere worse, but I didn't want to. Exactly. You went <laughs> where nobody expected, which is the best present of all. Exactly. Right? Surprise. Exactly. Ha ha. Happy holidays. <laughs> and then you murdered everyone. <laughs> right. Merry Christmas horror. <laughs> uh, so first off, before we even get into our list, uh, once again, it's been a minute since I've seen you. I know. I know. What have you been up to? Oh, man. Well, right now, you know... Christmas stuff is kind of out of the way. Um, we're getting the house prepped for our Friendsmas, which is this weekend, which yes. I'm very excited about. Yes, uh, because. Gonna, well, we're going to hang out, as we always do around the Christmas times. Totally. And then we're going to exchange gifts, play card games, and then we're all going to go see The Last Jedi. Oh, I'm so excited. A Christmas tradition among us friends. And w- w- I once again, I think we encouraged it last year. I encourage it again. Always. Everybody, make this a thing. Have a Friendsmas. Star Wars and... So much better than a family-mas. And, and Disney... Totally. Much better than a family family's-mas. Um, Disney and Star Wars have given us a gift every December so far. For the past, this will be our third year doing it. Well, it's because it's the third new Star Wars release. We That's started right. it with Force Awakens. Last year, we did Rogue One. And then this year, we're doing The Last Jedi, which, and- according to early buzz is going to blow our minds out. I know, and I am staying far away from it because I don't want to know. I want to go in untainted, if you will. 
No naughty chimneys beforehand for me. No. I'm going to go in fresh Only and clean. naughty chimneys after. Yes, naughty chi- all of the naughty as, chimneys as, after. As far as the eye can see, Just naughty, naughty, naughty chimneys, chimneys everywhere. <laughs> uh, so I'm real fucking excited about that. And yeah, so hopefully it will continue. So right. everyone, get your friends together. Do a friends miss. You get together, you exchange gifts the night before, you all get in Star Wars PJs, you get all snuggly, go to sleep. intoxicated with however you want. You wake up early the next day, and you go see the first screening available of the new Star Wars It's It's glorious, and it's beautiful, and it really brings the holidays together. And if you do it near Nashville, you may may see us. You you will see us. Because we we do it We go see Star Wars at every theater. Every theater. It's Everyone. very time consuming and expensive. Very not with the movie pass. Well, that's for you. Well, shameless I plug. <laughs> I, I don't have one yet. So. It's very convenient and cheap. At ten dollars a month, you can see unlimited movies. What? <laughs> I know. Fascinating, right? <laughs> Thanks, AMC, who is not an actual partner. <laughs> of movie. And nor movie does pass. Movies Pass sponsor this podcast in any in way. Any, but they can. They could if they wanted to. Hey, Movie Pass. Hey, hand on chin. We have a movie podcast. Hey, Movie Pass and Movie Podcast both are movies with P's. So and they have S's in their names. So we should probably do something it's about it. It's probably partner time. All right. But anyway... <laughs> So outside of like Christmassy stuff, uh-huh. what I've been doing a lot of this week is trying to catch up on some movies that you've watched that I haven't. Ooh, good. I <clears> want to <throat> know what'd you watch? Um, okay, actually, I'm gonna pull up my letterbox list. Wow. Um, what a nerd. Because I keep it. I keep it going. I finally saw Brigsby Bear. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. my god, it was what'd so good. It's great. right? It was amazing. It was way. I don't want to say it was way not what I expected. I was thought. it what you expected? It was slightly what I expected. Okay. But the story went deeper into the the solemn aspects than yes. I was expecting. Yeah. I expected it to be quirkier than it was. Sure. Even though it was very quirky. Sure. Um, I mean, Mark Hamill is amazing, especially with all the voices and totally. stuff that he does. I love the scene at the end when he's recording the the dialogue in the prison. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I mean, c- come on. That happens. He gets arrested in the first five minutes of that movie. Sure. So, um, <clears throat> Mooney is incredible. Oh, man. And then I was like, not like choked up, but it like really hit me kind of hard. It was, a, I don't know. It was just really good. It really. So for me, I'm glad you saw it. So for me, um, now that we can talk about it, it kind of, it played on that whole, like I've felt maybe not to that extent, but the way that Kyle Mooney feels about Brigsby bear right. is basically how I feel about the fandoms that I'm a part of. Right. And so it, struck a chord with me because it was like wow like imagine that suddenly you realize that all of that is not it's nothing there is no fandom you know what i mean and suddenly it's just yours what what i really liked about it and this is the comparison that i keep making to people do you did you remember that movie i'd say seven or eight years ago it's called son of rambo yeah Mm -hmm. it reminded me a lot of that Totally. There are every decade or so, they'll come out with a movie that's about people making a movie. Yes. <clears throat> and if they hit the tone and the script correctly, it really instills this like desire in me and this passion in me. Because, you know, as fans of movies and as creators of content like you and I are, you know, we talk about that sort of stuff all the time. Like, what if we got together and filmed a movie? Or what if we did this? Or what sure. if we did this? And so seeing those stories kind of play out is like a sweet spot for me in movies that isn't really told a whole lot. Right. 
And so I, that really appealed to me. Um, and then just the, I loved the friend. Was it Lucas? Yeah. The friend that like helped him put it all together. Totally. I thought that guy did great. And what's weird is it also kind of in a weird way, it kind of subverts where you think it's going to go. They set up these characters and you think, you know, movie movie tropes kind of tell us that these characters are going to end up turning against him right something but a lot of this movie is just genuinely good-hearted right you know what well, i mean like there is no <clears throat> subversive side plot well and like, to get just kind of sappy about it one of the things that i liked about this movie and usually in movies that adhere to this sort of tone like son of rambo and some others the thing that i think truly appeals to me the most is that undercurrent of you know friendship can bring someone out of isolation totally and i liked that they really played up that angle where like his family was kind of against him and the world wasn't a fan of what he was a fan of and then slowly as he met you know lucas and he met the michelle and his sister warms up to him it sort of fell into this flow of he was extremely isolated, the most isolated a human being can be. Right. Um, abducted and kept underground to not knowing how to function in the world and then getting a network of friends that helps him. And it's not therapists, it's not doctors, it's not the tried and true, you know, therapist book best practices. It's connection and it's happiness and it's joy and it's doing something that you're passionate about with people that you care about. And again, I know that's sappy, but that that's the theme of those movies that really jumps out to me and, and hits home. I totally. And so I, I loved it. I can't, I can't thank you enough for recommending it and seeing totally. it first and really encouraging me to watch it. So Brigsby bear. <clears throat> good stuff. The other one we watched was the beguiled. Oh, okay. One I didn't care for as much. I am middle of the road. Here's, here's what I think about that one. I thought it was beautiful. Sure. I thought it was well acted. Uh-huh. And I thought the direction on it, was very spot on. Sofia Coppola knows what she's doing. Of course. The the period element of it, it's not really my cup of tea. Those nope. types of movies aren't really for me. And it was almost too straightforward of a story. Sure. Like, I don't want to say nothing happened because stuff happens, but kind of nothing happens. Right. There wasn't really any... There's no real plot right. twists of any sort. And it, it was just kind of paranoia on one side and then Colin Farrell on the other side. And you know, to, I'll spoil, I guess, the sure, movie because yeah. who cares? But, you know, it's this school for girls and sure. during the Civil War, <clears throat> they're all living in a plantation house together. Um, Colin Farrell is a northern soldier who, you know, is injured and they bring him to the plantation and they nurse him back to health. Right. And that's kind of a good chunk of the first half of the movie. And then he just gets better, starts hitting on some of the women. They get jealous of each other and then end up mutilating and murdering this guy. Yeah. Now, the mutilation part, though, even isn't really anybody's fault. Like, it's kind of an accident. They hint very, very strongly that Nicole Kidman's character did that on purpose because she was mad at Colin Farrell for sleeping with Elle Fanning. But see, I didn't even get that. Maybe it was not hinted enough, or I'm he just flat out dummy. says it. In I the mean, movie. I know, but he's also kind of losing his, his mind grip on reality. So whether or not it's true, I, I almost think that 
and maybe I'm missing a huge plot point or maybe there's some level of experience I don't have because I'm a guy watching this, but there was an element of the movie where I would have thought Sofia Coppola wouldn't have gone the, the route of these girls are jealous of each other and are ruining a guy's life because of it. Right. That seems not really on the the theme scale of Sofia Coppola's movies. Right. And so it's probably very possible I'm missing some subtext. Sure. But for me, I thought it was well-crafted. It was well done. Not my cup of tea, but it was good. I do have to ask because I thought it would be. Uh, was A, did A like it? I, yeah, she really liked it. Uh, I yeah. So. I don't know if it was her that favorite. That time period, though, is like. Is for her. Yeah. Definitely up her alley. Like, I mean, <clears throat> you know. Little Women and Cold Mountain, like that. That stuff is that's where she lives when right. it comes she to films. Loves that, and so um, we dived into it a little bit. I think she also felt the same. Of there weren't as many twists and turns. It was just a super straightforward story, which is weird because I don't feel like the trailer portrayed it as mm-hmm. that at all. Well, the trailer definitely portrayed it as more suspenseful than it was. Totally, and, and there's really wasn't. not suspense. In the, the only movie. suspenseful scene is when Colin Farrell gets the gun after they cut cut off his right. leg, and then they're just like, "Don't shoot us," and he's like, "Okay." Right. <laughs> like, that's kind it's, of the end. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I'm really mad. I was really mad. And I guess maybe that's the theme and the subtext that I'm missing is he's an abusive man. And so when he apologizes, instead of accepting his apology, they poison him with mushrooms. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right after he had fallen in love with Kirsten Dunst. Yep. And maybe that's the, maybe that's the subtext of, they're not standing for his apology because he's obviously a violent person. Sure. Maybe. I don't know. It didn't really explain that much. It was just kind of, this is what it was. I know it's a remake of a Clint Eastwood movie, but I believe the Clint Eastwood movie is told from the guy's perspective. I didn't even know that. Yeah. It's a remake of a 60s movie directed by Clint Eastwood, and I think it's told from the guy's perspective. Hmm. So he's, like, injured. He stumbles on this house and it's just kind of him not knowing what the women are doing. Sure. And so this was more from the women's perspective. Right. Interesting. But so not a fun. You're like, meh. Yeah, it's fine. fine. Um, the other one we watched was, uh, we watched Jim and Andy. Oh yeah. The documentary on Netflix. Uh, it was great ish. A great ish is good. I think that you, when we were talking about it before the, the show, you explained it to me as I think I liked it. But I'm also not sure if it's just Jim Carrey is a huge asshole. Right. And I kind of felt the exact same way. Like, there was a part of the movie in the documentary that was really intriguing. But I didn't know how much of it was meta. Right. You know? Well, also, and so I'll have to ask you, too. Did the the whole All of the stuff with Jerry Lawler really bothered me. Yeah. Because even Jerry Lawler has come out and said, that's not the relationship that he had with Andy McCoffman. So therefore, even if you buy into what Jim Carrey is saying that he was channeling Andy Kaufman, that's bullshit, right? And that means that you're just being an asshole. That with the Jerry Lawler stuff was one of the ones that threw doubt. Now I will say it was very interesting to see the entire cast of Taxi basically say this is exactly what it was like to work with Andy right when he was on set sure that was kind of weird that was weird like there were some weird things that happened in the movie that cast doubt on it can I tell you where I thought it went too far yes please I think he went too far and it kind of made me uncomfortable there was no footage of it but it made me uncomfortable that the he daughter thought, stuff yes yeah. that he th- 
that he felt like that was okay to do. Yeah. Uh, well, he also hung out with like the brothers and the dad, which it just all feels very like you don't have a right to like. He was like, you know, I'm giving them clo- I was giving them closure and stuff, and you're like. But not really. You're just a dude. <laughs> that would be like if I died and somebody came to my family and was just like, hey, I kind of look like your dad. Like, do you want to say anything to him? I'd be he's, like, he's inhabiting my body. Yeah. So I mean, you can talk to me as if you were talking to I'm going to tell him. my girls. I'm like, if anybody ever does that, run the fuck away from them. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not inhabiting shit. Like, if when I'm, I'm gone, wanna, I'm gone. I'm gone. Or I'm outies. if I'm not. I'm going to fucking haunt the shit out of you, but <laughs> right. not through somebody. I'm not possessing nobody. No. I'm going into your house. I'm leaving weird messages on yeah. the mirror. Totally. I'm going to be in the corner of your eye. 100%. And I may or may not move some chairs. Right. But I'm not possessing shit. I'm not. So if anybody comes to you and says they're me, bullshit. Run. Bullshit. You get out of here. But I don't know. Something about it ethically didn't sit right with yeah. me. I thought it was a little pretentious and... And sell, uh, not even pretentious, self. No, pretentious is a good is word it? for it. Because one of the things that me and A noticed when we were watching it was it was very much like watching an extended conversation with um, Matthew McConaughey from the first season of True Detective. Like everything oh, he's yeah. saying is supposed to come off as sound like these high level metaphorical thinking is like, well, how, how much can you really know somebody? Even when they're right in front of you. Are we here? Am I here? Are we all just there and here and where, wherever? Right. And it's kind of like, yeah. And then you think about it and you're like, wait, no. Right. <laughs> like, it's just Jim Carrey being pretentious. Did you also get at the end how I told you at the end of the documentary, they have that whole scene where he was on set talking to Bob Zamuda, the real Bob Zamuda. And he was like, you know, Warner Brothers is saying they're going to block the footage and blah, blah, right. blah. But then at the very end of the documentary, it shows an extended version of that scene. And Bob Zamuda is like, you're fucking with me. And, and he's like, he ah. Like, uh-huh. So then it makes you go, wait. So because the whole documentary is founded on this idea that this footage was blocked until now. Right. And Jim Carrey bought back the footage and is right. wanting to release it to really show. So then you're like, wait. So was this whole thing just a fucking like bullshit is that the joke is that the andy <laughs> kaufman joke that I, this is none of this matters it was all bullshit he was faking the entire time here's here's my stance or here's what i believe based on that film i believe that the studio really did block that footage because there's no way to fake that footage like that was from oh, the 90s no but i'm saying was that <clears throat> like was this a long con I don't think but because what Jim Carrey has done between that movie and now mm-hmm. doesn't mesh with him playing that kind of long con of him doing like the Grinch and the number 23 and all of those types of things. It doesn't really mesh with that. So I truly believe that the studio blocked it from coming out around the time of the movie because it would make Jim Carrey look like an asshole. And it kind of does. Sure. And then Jim Carrey was able to obtain the rights years ago and put together this thing as a meta joke. But then why was the whole thing in that scene when he was like, you're fucking with me, aren't you? And he's like, ah, I gotcha. That I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. It's There's just, so many it, questions. It doesn't fucking make sense. There's so many questions. It's a well-made documentary. It was definitely sure. interesting to sit and watch it, watch through it. I ended up feeling basically the exact way you felt about it. I liked it. But I like Jim Carrey less now because of it. Yes. 
And Which just, I guess is fine because he's not really doing any movies yeah, or anything care. good right now. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but right. I, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I stand on there. So what else? Do you and watch? then the other one we watched is uh, a movie that kind of inspired this whole episode. Is I watched uh, Better Watch Out. Oh, I or watched also Better Watch uh, Out. Safe Neighborhood, as it's called. Is that so, what it's also called? Well, it was originally titled Safe Neighborhood, but then they changed it to Better Watch Out, not to be confused with the movie called You Better Watch Out also known as Christmas Evil, which is the best Christmas horror movie of all time. Oh. Um, but anyway. Yeah, so it kind of inspired us talking I watched about that. Well, yeah, Christmas horror and what yeah. it means and what's good about it. Um, but we have kept our opinions from each other mm-hmm. about this movie. So how are we going to do this? So I'm very curious. One, I just kind of want to ask you a question to dive in. Okay. When I prefaced it to you, I think it was in an episode. Sure. I said it was very different than what I expected because about 40 minutes into the movie, it takes a 180 turn and goes into another movie I was not expecting. Yes. That was pretty much the only uh, pretense that I gave you. Yes. Where did you land when you saw it? Okay. Like, what was my overall feeling? Overall feeling? Okay. uh, did, Did my... I'm pretense not, I'm not ruin gonna, it. I'm not going to bury the lead here at all. I'll go ahead and tell you flat out. I fucking love this movie. It was so it good, was so right? so fucking good. So that's first, okay? I thank you for saying that because I've been actually nervous for about a week because no. I texted you when you saw it yeah. and you're like, I'm not going to tell you anything about it till the show, right. which made me think he hates it and he wants to talk about right. it on the show. And I really liked it. No, I loved it. I loved it. It's actually going to be now in a yearly Christmas rotation right? with some of these other movies that we'll talk but about. But did you do you see what I mean though? Yes. The trailer now, I will say does this. not set you up for that movie. Now, guys, anybody who's listening to this episode right now, if you haven't seen this movie, jump ahead like 4 or 5 minutes. 4 or 5 minutes cuz I want to spoil it. We're going to spoil it. But it's but so much better if it's not really spoiled. You really need to go into this movie blind you need to or or watch the trailer just watch just watch the trailer right i would actually encourage that instead of blind just watch the trailer and then watch the movie so here's the deal from the trailer it pitched it as and this is this was my understanding of the movie Mm -hmm. based off of the trailer uh little kid or kid has babysitter come babysit him right babysitter has crazy ex-boyfriends they descend on the house the the kid and the babysitter and, and the babysitter friend. and his friend are protecting the house and they turn the tables. But I also from the trailer gathered that the kid ended up being kind of a psycho, like a little bit, but like in a, I'm protecting the babysitter right. and the friends. And, but this is kind of crazy and fun. Well, what I got the impression from the trailer was very similar. They descend upon the house but then the the kid, the babysitter, and his friend turn the tables on the right. invaders, and then it turns into a very violent Home Alone esque movie. Totally, that's what I was expecting. That is not that is not at movie all is. what happens in that movie. So let's spoil it. So we'll, let's just run through the plot here. If in similar fashion, boy gets babysitter. Right, boy and his friend get babysitter. Babysitter comes over. Babysitter. Does have an ex-boyfriend. Two. Well, she has one ex-boyfriend and one that she's, like, mad at that's her current boyfriend. And uh, the dude, the kid's trying to sleep with her. Very overtly. Very overtly. Um, 
they and she's moving. So this is the last time she's going to babysit him. Somebody breaks into the house. He's protecting her. You find out pretty short order that it is actually his friend. Well, okay, let me stop you there. Okay, it's not short order that they find that out. Because it's about 40 minutes into the movie uh, where that happened. It felt fast. It kind of did, but I mean, you've got to remember that they're, they have the whole scene of them, you know, in the, in the, the with the doors opening at the back, and then them watching the movie and eating sure. pizza and him trying to hit well, on I'm her. Just, I'm just giving, we can break the movie down. I'm okay. just giving an overall. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So they find out that it's actually the friend who he has coordinated this thing with, and you're still thinking he's coordinated this with because. Earlier in the movie, a line is dropped that fear makes women horny. And you think it's that the horror movie that they're watching is what it is. Right. But it's but not. But it's not. So he concocted this fake home invasion. And that is where things... That is the point where I went, holy shit. Because very quickly, things spiral completely out of control. Like... Yeah. The whole movie takes a hard left turn into like funny point. games territory. Into, yes, into it's like scary. Holy fuck! Yeah, but can I say one thing before we get any further into this? Yes, the fucking kid in this movie is fucking brilliant. He is and has a career that I will be watching very closely. And to think that he came from the movie Pan, I know, which is. But I told you that up front that that kid was amazing. In he it. was. Amazing. Now let's let's also give credit where credit is due. The main girl, Olivia DeJong or whatever yeah. her name is, she was great. She was great. Totally. Like, I loved the delicacy, and this is gonna sound dumb, but the delicacy of the scenes where he's hitting on her and she's trying to easily ward him off. Sure. Like it's so caring and tender and real, like how she does it. She she nails that performance totally. from top to bottom. And so, what's the main kid? Levi Miller. Yeah, man, that good. That he was good. Even the best friend was really good. Yep. Ed Oxenbold. Now he is from The Visit, is what I remember yes, him from. Yeah. He's the younger brother from that M Night Shyamalan, Lam and Ding Dong. Yeah, flick. he was um, good in that too. But so, when it takes a hard left turn, you suddenly realize, and are told pretty plainly that this main kid Luke is a fucking psychopath. Like, he has actually kind of coordinated this whole, orchestrated this whole night to which parts of of it, his friend, his best friend Garrett isn't even aware. Well, he's just thinking that he wants to, like, make bang. out with her or bang her. And when that doesn't happen, he's just sort of trapped there, too. Right. And so he proce- they proceed to tie up the babysitter. Um they have a a gun yeah and he is basically playing like like you said very, it's very funny games like yeah. he's playing games with his prey it's now, like the is, first half of the movie is directed by john hughes and the second half of the movie is directed by michael henneke yeah and it's that much of a switch in my opinion. And so the remaining part of the movie and I don't even know that we want to get into all of it. I will the, say that he the psychopath kid lures both boyfriends to the house and then just proceeds to murder them. Sure. <laughs> in crazy ways. <laughs> the but paint can. Th- but I will tell you this, well, let's let's fast forward to the end, okay? I was shocked when the main kid stabs the fucking babysitter in the throat. Right. 
I was like, ah. like, wow, like they did it. And he then, did it. He fucking. And when he fucking blew his friend's face off with the shotgun, I was like, oh, my God. And what like, a performance, the whole like anger, like, look what the fuck you made me do. Why? And then you make even me do that this? kid's like crying and like freaking out because this is now gone into territory that he's like scared shitless in. Yeah. He got shot. And he's literally like bleeding out on the floor, and, and the, he's like, "I want." And oh man, and it's so uncomfortable when he's like, "I want to go home." Like he's like crying. No, and you're it's like, not even that. It's worse than that because he's shot in the side and he's bleeding out, and the friend's holding the shotgun, and he says, "I want my mommy." Oh and yeah. And before he even finishes the word "mommy," it's if shotgun he, to the face. Yeah. That broke my heart. Yeah. That just because one it's little exchange. real. Yeah. That's like real. Like he's fucking terrified and. He should be. Yeah. Well, and then all those lines that were dropped at the beginning is like, oh, we do the pencil because he sleepwalks. And then you find out that he was pretending to sleepwalk to cover up other crimes that him and his because friend did. Because you find out that he is actually just a sociopath. Just, yeah. And so he has masterminded everything. And he's just like, I'll get away with anything. There's nothing they can pin on me ever. And when he fucking stabs her in the throat, I was like, huh. They did it. Yeah. Like, he fucking killed her. Like, And not even that is it doubles down on that premise, too, because the next five minutes of the movie are him listening to pop Christmas songs while he stages the crime scene yeah. to frame it on everyone else and then goes upstairs to bed. Right. And then is has this whole—and th- that's where it gets weird, and it kind of, like, subverts it again— because it's this whole, like, just like in Home Alone where he's quick trying to fix everything before the parents get home. But it instead of just, like, cleaning up after a house party, it's like, I just murdered a bunch of people. I need to get fingerprints on this machete. And I've got to, oh, I've got to put these shells at the feet of this other person. And he fucking takes his sleeping medication and, like, fucking sets his little womb monitor yeah. thing. And fucking figures out how to put the pencil on the doorknob and then go into another room and <laughs> climb on the roof and get back into his bedroom. And so you... It ends where you're convinced that he has now gotten away with yeah. this. And then you have that final stinger scene where he's like standing Someone's watching everything. And you hear that. And then you see and you see the babysitter getting wheeled into the ambulance and she just fucking flips him the bird. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, did, that's fucking awesome. Did you watch into the credits? Uh, did you see the stinger? Uh, no. There's a stinger scene. I don't think I... W- Sorry. So at about a minute or two into the credits, it cuts back to his bedroom and he's standing there and his mom walks into the room and he starts to cry really fast. Uh-huh. And he turns around. And he's like, I'm just so worried about Ashley. Mom, oh, can we I go did to the see hospital? that. Can we go to the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like setting up a Halloween two. Yeah. Cause he's basically like, almost. I'll fucking kill you at the hospital. Yeah. Like it's fine. But I mean, obviously, she's gonna tell everyone on the way. And, sure. and again, I know we've spoiled it for so. Or many maybe people. she won't, because she's stabbed in the fucking That's throat. For who? So she, she may, may not have like, a voice. Right. She may be trying, but they're trying to save her. Like, yeah. they could totally go sequel territory if they, they could. wanted to, and it could just be him, like weirdly hunting her down <laughs> in a hospital. Yeah. Like, who knows? Oh man, it was so good. But that was the thing when it ended. Okay, and another crazy part. So. I recognize some of these people, Patrick Warburton, of course. Oh, man. Virginia Madsen. The parents, Patrick and Virginia, were so good. I loved Patrick Warburton's, like, super sensitive, friendly dad. And the the mom was just kept, like, basically insinuating that he's gay. And it was just, it was super hilarious. But I was fucking racking my brain trying to figure out who the fuck Jeremy was. 
And the fact that it's Billy from Stranger Things 2. Oh! Yeah. It is? Yeah, it's Dacry Montgomery. It was! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because I recognized his face, and I'm like, how the fuck do I know this guy? He didn't have long hair and a mustache. Yeah, and I looked it up, and I was like, and he plays kind of like the dumbass boyfriend. You know what I mean? So a very different character than Billy. Not nearly as aggressive, more like urban. Totally. And I loved when he was like, oh, you need to write down everything you've done. and But, yeah, so that was totally him. (laughs) Man, it's fucking crazy. So, but yeah, so that is an amazing movie, and that did spark our conversation mm-hmm. of going. I think I called you or texted you, and we were like, "Hey, man, we need to." I a we want to talk about this movie, but b we need to fucking talk about Christmas and horror because these right. things go together with a co- with a term that I coined, like like a match made in Helven, <laughs> heaven and hell. Right. As we 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 yeah we went back and forth on that for a while, but Helven is the winner. Hashtag Helven. H e l l v e n. Use it, love it, touch it, rub it. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) That caught me off guard. Um, Just like this movie? Yeah, just like this movie. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know very, very much my stance on Christmas horror movies. Like, they're staples in my house. We watch them every year. I have a collection of the ones that we watch. I. There's something about these movies that just sure. really, really appeals to me. It's almost like sweet and savory that go right. together really well. It's, they, on, it's it honestly shouldn't work. The way it works is the same way you and I work. Right. You are a horror fanatic. I am a Christmas fanatic. I really thought you were going to say you're a whore and I like Christmas. Yeah. You're a whore and I'm Christ. Yeah. So you're Mary Magdalene and I'm Jesus Christo. Ouch. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> uh, Jesus. So what I'm saying is, is that... We work together because those are two very weird juxtapositions. But I think it's because they're so far apart on the spectrum Mm -hmm. that they do work together. Right. It's like chocolate and chili powder. I actually agree with that. Yeah, that's that's a very good analogy. I mean, like for me, it is kind of that question of why does Christmas and horror work so well? And I think it's the same reason that Christmas and dysfunction work so well. Sure. So things like A Christmas Story or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, like the idea of this idyllic holiday, this time where everyone's focused on joy and happiness and family and togetherness, it's almost too saccharine. Sure. So in order to make something entertaining out of it, you have to either add family drama, which is the way most movies go, or... You have to add, you have to go the extreme and add, you know, murder and gore and grisliness and, and horror. Right. And I think those that, that mashup, there's something about it that's always appealed to me. And the more and more and more I digest it and I think about it, I really think that's the reason. It's that uh, while I love the Christmas season, I always like something scary or I always like a little bit of spice because it's too sweet otherwise. Sure. That's why I can never get into those Hallmark movies. You know, it's just, it's too saccharine. It's too... Other than the fact that they're just garbage. Well, yes, they're garbage films. But, you know, there's they're just too sweet. Sure. There's no there's no surprises. There's no twists and turns. And I think that's the, you know, why I liked Better, Better Watch Out so much is that not only did it have all of those elements in it, it legit surprised me. Totally. Like, very rarely do I go to movies nowadays and not have a good understanding of what I'm about to see. And a movie that can actively 
mismanage my perceptions, I, I respect it for that. And that's why this one jumped out at me. And, you know, I think last time we talked, I said, I'm not sure how I felt about it. Uh, maybe you can understand that, but I had to sit with that movie for like 24 to 48 hours to really decide. Oh yeah. No, we talked about it. I do like what they did and I do like the way that they did it. It's the same type of thing. When you watch a movie like funny games, you can't really like it, you know, cause it's about a sociopath or sociopaths doing terrible things to innocent people. But there's something about it that's intriguing. And I don't, it's not like sociopathic tendencies, you know, personally, but it, it, there is something in that. It's like, Jesus, how far is this going to go? Right. And this movie kept going further than I thought it was willing to go. And that is the thing. It always takes it a step, a step further. Right. You know what I mean? Like everything is always ratcheted up. Right. If you will. Well, so, like, when we're, we're talking about Christmas horror, we've talked about Better, Better Watch Out. Let's get into some other ones. Do you yeah. do you have staples that when you think of Christmas horror that come immediately to mind? I mean, I've got, like, four or five. Totally. So, I mean, well, like, what do you have? It's in the list episode, but, like, yeah. let's talk about some movies that really do this well. couple off the top. Gremlins. Oh, yeah. Gremlins, Gremlins is, is a holi- holiday staple in my house. Mm-hmm. Forever will be. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's that Amblin 80s era uh, time where everything was like cute and cuddly, but super subversive. At Joe the same time. Dante at his best oh, is man. what it is. It's honestly his best. Easy. His best. And Chris Columbus is mm-hmm. screenplay by the, the now infamous Chris Columbus. Right, right. Um, discoverer of America. Right. Um, and murderer. Of he wrote Gremlins on the Mayflower people. in case anyone doesn't know. Right. In 1842, <laughs> Chris Columbus sailed the ocean. And the Nina, the Pinta, and the Widget. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly how it works. And then the little boat, the gizmo at the, at the very end. At the end. Um, no, so basically Gremlins did it for me. It was one of the first ones that I can remember mixing, and it does it super well. It mixes this really saccharine story of like mm-hmm. this son and his kind of misfit father and his father's always trying his ne'er-do-well kind of father right and is trying to do right, right by the family and gets him this gift and this gift is a mugwai and the mugwai basically have these rules that it has to be kept by very strict rules totally. not a lot right can't get the, it wet don't feed it after don't midnight feed it after midnight doesn't like sunlight doesn't like sunlight or light keep it out of Light. Yeah, keep it out of bright lights. Right. Um, Not hard stuff. No. But common stuff. Totally. <laughs> um, but people die in this movie. Oh, yeah. Now, the second one got a little crazy. Well, the, the second one doubled down on the comedy aspect. Totally. Like, it doubled down on the satire. But Because this the second one is extremely satirical to corporate America. Totally. One of my favorite, and this isn't this has nothing to do with anything, but one of my favorite Key and Peele sketches is still Have You Seen This? Which one? Uh, where Jordan Peele comes in and is the basically the punch-up writer for Gremlins 2. Oh, no, I and haven't he, seen okay, that. Okay, we're watching that as soon as we <laughs> okay, finish okay, recording. Okay. We're going to watch that. It's very short. But basically, it's it's really hilarious. You'll see okay, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. But... um. So the first movie, though, it it has this awesome balance of this cute, cuddly story, but these really kind of brutal 
gremlins that yeah. attack and kill. I mean, straight up murder people. Yeah. And get murdered themselves. Some There's, dude gets run over by a bulldozer. Exactly. <laughs> uh, gremlins get put in the microwave and explode. Which, that's, like, that's the scene that I think of first when I think of that movie. Just when I was a kid, that jumped out at me. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. So Gremlins is definitely up there for me. I agree. So that's one. What about you? Well, I mean, honestly, sticking with that same type type of Christmas horror movie where it's sort of a black comedy. Sure. Like it's their co- comedic elements, cute and cuddly to a degree. They have over saccharine elements, but then very horrific elements. Um, Santa Slay. Okay. Is one for me that I discovered when I was in college. And do you are you familiar with now Santa Are we talking Slay? about Goldberg? Yeah, Bill Goldberg. Okay. I haven't seen this movie. <clears throat> okay. You need to watch it. Okay. If you like Gremlins, it's a very similar type of feel. Really? It's not a similar story, but it the feeling is that. It's the small town, this kid who lives with his grandfather, you know, that's they love Christmas and, and all this stuff. And it has that very Gremlins Ambliny feel to it. Okay. But the overarching story is that 2000 years ago, Santa or Satan and this angel or the son of Satan and this angel made a bet on a curling match. Just okay. as ridiculous as you can get. Sure. The de- the son of Satan lost and as his punishment, he had to bring joy and gifts to the children of the earth for 2000 years. So the years. son of Satan is Santa. Yes. Okay. And he had to bring toys and, and happiness to children for 2,000 years. Okay. And this year, the 2,000 years is up. So he's going back to his satanic, demonic ways. And he rides a sleigh that's pulled by a demonic buffalo. He has, like, these gigantic weapons. He's Bill Goldberg, so he's huge. And it turns out that the angel who he made the bet against is that kid's grandfather. So he's coming after this family. And it's just this kid and the girl that he has a crush on, very similar to Gremlins, sort of have to band together to defeat this Santa. Interesting. Okay. That is not at all what I expected it to be. It focuses more on the comedy angle. Like, the very first scene is jam-packed with celebrities, like B-list celebrities. It was like Chris Kattan and Fran Drescher and um, who's the dad in in Step Brothers. Uh, Richard, oh, oh, Richard Jenkins. I think he's in it. Weird. And it's literally them having a family dinner, and then Santa comes down the chimney and brutally murders all of them <laughs> in very elaborate and gross ways. Interesting. So it has it's it very much focuses on the comedy aspect of it. Um, Santa and Bill Goldberg has a bunch of one liners, but it has the same feel while not as good as Gremlins. Sure. So if you like Gremlins, I definitely recommend Santa Slay because it. It has that element of, we know what we're doing, we know this is cheesy, but let's have a good time. All right. I'm into it. So I like that. All right. Um, Now, on the flip side of that, in a more straight-up horror movie fashion, the two that come to mind are Silent Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Black Christmas. Okay. Black Christmas, I've seen for sure. I saw that. I saw the original and the remake. That That was my next question. Now, the original, you know what's interesting about the Black Christmas original? Is it's basically the first slasher movie ever made. Right. No, it I comes out before that. Halloween. It came out before a bunch of others. So it's interesting that even this, this trend of mashing Christmas and horror together launch the slasher movie genre. Sure. That was 1974. I think. Yeah. Something like that. Now silent night, deadly night's an interesting one because it was a bunch of people that got together to make just this horrific, Movie and the premise between behind Silent Night Deadly Night 
is that there's a kid when he's young, I think he sees his mom kissing a Santa Claus or something like that and sort of goes off the deep end, grows up and starts dressing as Santa and killing people with an ax. Interesting. And it was so hated when it came out, it was pulled out of theaters after two weeks because, I mean, and even, um, even like film critics were saying that everyone involved in this movie should be banned from the industry because it's just so horrible and so violent and goes against the spirit of Christmas and all this stuff, which just made it even better for me. Sure. Um, and so it has become a cult classic, and rightly so. This movie's very good. The second one, not so much. Is that the, is the second one the one with Trash Day? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Okay. Now, there was, I think... A Silent Night. No, no, it was Black Christmas that got remade. I don't think they've remade Silent Night Deadly. Yeah, no, I did see, like, just in in my preliminary Wikipedia-ing, that there was a Silent Night movie that came out in 2012. That's right. That's kind of what I'm thinking of. Is it the same thing, though? I kind of think it might be. It is a loose remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Okay. But adds new plot points taken from the real life Covina massacre that occurred in 2008. Interesting. Says it is the sixth installment in the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise. Yeah, because there there is a two, and then there were like three that went straight to video. Interesting. Sort of like Hellraiser. Yeah, this one says it was given a limited theatrical release on November 30th, 2012. Right. And then was released. Basically, straight yeah. to Blu-ray and DVD in December. Now, are there any others that jump out to you? Uh, for sure. So, to go with a more recent one, uh, Krampus has made its way into my... We watched It's we watched very divisive, year. I've yeah. heard. Some people really like it. Some people really don't like it. Mm-hmm. And some people think it's just okay. Where do you stand on it? Um, I loved it. Yeah. But I loved it because, for me, this movie, more than any other, screams Gremlin-esque. Yeah. It's get, very yeah. funny. It does go to some weird dark places. Some dark shit happens in it. Man, that uh that jack in the box that turns into like that big and like eats a trimmers. kid. Yeah. Thing. I mean, it definitely gets weird. There's some flat out humor. Oh, like yeah. they don't shy away from it. Um the It's pretty o- dark the way that it ends. It it's kind of like Jeepers Creepers esque. It is dark. I will say though, the my only qualm with that movie is that I feel like they didn't commit to the dark side of it enough. I agree. You know what I mean? That was the that if was the family the, would would have been dead right. at the end like don't even I don't need the post credits they're living in a proverbial hell trapped right. with their family forever. If they if you would have just watched these family members one by one just get picked off by Krampus, that that yeah. I would have been much more on board with it. Well, my my issue with that movie, I'm in the group that I like it, and it's fine. Like, that's kind of where I land on it. I agree with everything that you've said about it, and that's the reason I like it. But for me, it pulled almost every one of its punches. And it, that it bothers me. It did. Because, like, people die off screen. Um, there's very little actual violence in it, although the entire thing is based around violence. Sure. And they even pull back on showing you really what Krampus is and what he looks like. He's kind of looked like a melted Santa Claus, kind of. It's weird. Um, But I I feel like almost every time that movie was going for something that I would have appreciated and respected, 
they pulled it back so it could be PG-13. And I felt like they totally. just pulled every, even the end, like you said, they couldn't commit to the, just the family being dead and the kid being left alive like the grandmother was or whatever. And honestly, I would have even liked it because the, I would have liked it if they did the same thing that they kept on pace with, where the kid w- or the grandmother was left alive. In this one, it ended with the gr- with the kid like standing up to Krampus mm-hmm. and then Krampus throwing him into hell, right. basically. If it would have ended there and the it would have just closed up mm-hmm. and he's gone, I would have been like, fuck. You're right. Like, don't even show me what happened to him. Like, I my assumption is that he is in fucking hell now. Right. You know what I mean? That would have that would have been good, but you're right. It did pull all of its punches. But I fe- I really feel like because this director, Michael Doherty, um, did uh, trick or treat, right? Which I'm a big I like trick fan. Or treat. I, I like trick those, or treat. I like those um, those anthology uh, movies. Yeah, thank you. Uh, There's actually a good Christmas one called A Christmas Horror Story. I haven't watched that. Yeah, that's got like three or four uh, really good segments. That was it. that was recommended by our Gates of Haley Haley Williams yeah, to me. It's good. It's good. Um, it's on Netflix, I think. Which, by the way, listeners, if you haven't checked it out, check out the new section on the website. Read Gates of Haley. The Gates of Haley. It's in our bonus features section, so just scroll on the sidebar down till you see the bonus features VHS. We've got wonderful uh, Haley Williamson, who's going to be writing weekly pieces yeah. for us, all horror-related. Every Wednesday, they're going to come out. So, so check it out. It's good um, shit. But anyway, she recommended that movie to me. Yeah. And I haven't seen it. It's very good. It's it's worth it. It's sort of like... um. Did you ever see Rare Exports? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Scandinavian flick. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that. It's not the best thing in the world, but it's super interesting. Cool. You know? It, like, I would equate a Christmas Horror Story and Rare Exports on sort of the same level. You know, okay. it's not like a Jack Frost that's just B-movie schlock, but it's not, you know, something like Gremlin. Doesn't Christmas Horror Story have William Shatner in it? I think one segment does. Yeah. Okay. I, I was really just curious. Do. Honestly, that is what made me steer away from it. I was like, <laughs> no, this no. is going to be a joke. It's not. No, no. It's not. Whatever he does, I honestly am blanking on where he is in the movie, but I think you're right. What, whatever he does doesn't make a difference to the enjoyment of the movie. Okay. So I will say that. Interesting. So that, that for me, I think those kind of fall into equal equal footing. Um, you mentioned Krampus. We talked about Silent Night, Deadly Night. There's also the really old one. Um, called Silent Night, Bloody Night from 1972. That even came out before Deadly Night. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night? No, Silent Night, Bloody Night. Bloody Night. So it came out two years before Silent Night, Deadly okay. Night. Not nearly as good. As, um, uh, you can skip it. It's a skip. But I will say, my favorite Christmas Wait, movie. technically that movie came out before Black Christmas. Yeah, but I don't think it's not a slasher movie. Ah, okay. it's It's different. It's weird. Okay. Um, my favorite Christmas horror movie is a movie that I find I see more people talking about now, but when I discovered this movie like 12 years ago, nobody was talking about it. Okay. And I've rarely met people who have seen it. Okay. But it's called Christmas Evil, and I know I've told you about this one. Yes. Have you have you ever gone back nope. and watched it? You have to. Okay. Okay, it's B movie schlock. I'm going to say that. But it's the way that it's done, it's sort of like a taxi driver investigation into a man losing his mind. Okay. And he's losing his mind because when he was a kid, he saw his dad who was dressed up as Santa Claus going down on his mom, basically in the living room. 
So it's basically kind of the plot of Silent Night, Deadly Night? That's the only part that's the same. The rest of the movie goes completely off the rails. Okay. So the rest of the movie is him as a grown-up. He works in a toy factory, and he's obsessed with Christmas. So his, his apartment is decked out in Christmas stuff year-round. Year he keeps a book of naughty and nice kids in his neighborhood and spies on the kids like in their room. He's like, oh, Johnny masturbates every Thursday to a to a playboy that he stole from his dad. And he's like watching the kid through the window do it. Yikes. Um, and all this stuff. So one Christmas, he goes all in and basically super glues a beard to his face, becomes Santa Claus in his mind, and starts enacting revenge. On people, so he punishes the naughty people, and he gives gifts to the good people, and it's basically a single night of this happening, and the police chasing him as he's just doing what he's doing, and slowly going more and more insane as the night goes on. Weird. But it's got such a crazy twist at the end that it's one of those where I try not to set it up for people. I'm just like, hey, just watch this with me, and then I watch their reactions. Because it's great. Is it like a sleepaway camp style twist ending? Kind of. It's it's that level of shocking. Really? Yeah. It's that level of shocking. Interesting. So Christmas Evil for me is my favorite Christmas horror movie. All right. Um, so if we you know next year, if we do a top five Christmas We're horror movies watch list, it. that's going to be number one. I'm going to go ahead and ruin it. Okay. But it's, it's not a great film like it. You can tell it's made, you know, in 1980. You can tell it doesn't have major studio funds behind sure. it. You can tell the actors aren't top-notch and A-list. But there's something so captivating about it that it's just, it's one. We found it in a $5 bin when we were in college, and I've watched it every year since And you're then. like, this is the best thing. Yeah. I've, I've literally watched it every year for 12 years straight. That sounds amazing. <laughs> well, I want to watch it now. I have I am new to so and this is like a kind of a perfect place to kind of wrap up our conversation. I'm kind of new to the whole Christmas horror experience because oh, yeah. as you know, I'm not the horror fan. It's that true, you are. it's true. I mean, I like the, the gore and the fun sure. and, and all that and and you're not really into Now, that. I am a Christmas fan and I have exhausted the plethora of Christmas movies that are out there and I wanted something different. And I will tell you Krampus kind of wet my appetite a little bit uh, a couple years back when that right. came out. Gremlins, you know, was my first it is a taste. staple, yeah. And then really the Better Watch Out kind of sold me on the concept of having horror at Christmas. Yeah. And now I'm on a kick. So I'm going to use basically the movies that you've listed as a a guide yeah. to what I should watch. Halloween or uh, well, Christmas horror wise. Here's the I will give you an order to watch these. Okay, do it. So and this goes for the listeners too. Yeah. Check them out if you haven't seen these. Check them out in Jay's order. So start with Santa Slay. Okay, because it's silly and violent, and it will sort of be an easy bridge into what you're used to to where we're going. Okay, so start there. Okay, then watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. Okay, because it's a cult classic. Sure. Then watch Black Christmas. Oh, you've seen the Black Christmas. I have seen both. Okay, Black so Christmas. so skip that one. Then watch a Christmas horror story, the okay. uh, the um, the anthology one, and then end with Christmas Evil. Okay. Watch those four in that order. Can you throw that list up on our letterbox? Of course, of okay. course. Because yeah. that sounds amazing. 
I'll actually make a really long Christmas horror movies to watch list, and I'll have like twenty on there. Excellent. And I'll I'm put them. In, I'll put them in the order that people should probably watch them. I'm super stoked. So we've got this episode uh, dropping today on Friday. Right. We've got Friendsmas tomorrow. So excited. And then next week on Wednesday. Our Fivers will have a brand new Gates of Haley to check out, which is also themed regarding Christmas and horror. Right, because we, we asked for her to do so that. So that's what we're all about here at High Five, is the horror of the holidays. It's gonna We're going to make it scary and jolly at the same time. We're going to make it scally. <laughs> Hashtag scally. Is that, yep. Okay, that works better than jolly. I that works better than Jory. Jory sounds racist. <laughs> it does. It does. So let's stick with Scully. Hashtag Scully. Scary Jolly. I'm still pushing for hashtag Helvin. Well, we can we can do both. We can put two hashtags. Hashtag Scully Helvin. You know, we should probably just wrap this up and we can argue about this off air. Should we? Does that sound fun? All right. Goodbye, All right. everyone. See ya. Happy holidays. Happy Helvin. Don't get murdered, Scully. Christmas. It's time to close the door to the writer's room once again, as this week's award-winning High Five, the podcast episode, comes to an end. Feel free to reach out to the guys with your suggestions for episode topics by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com <sighs> you got that or connecting with them on facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on twitter at high the number five the podcast instagram at high five the podcast or on letterbox by searching high five colon the podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes stitcher google play or wherever you're listening to podcasts, and drop the show a five-star rating if you like what you hear. Even if you don't like what you hear, give us a high rating anyway. What's it costing you? Nothing. That's what we thought. See you next week.